Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today. The St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, in partnership with Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network, presents a podcast for families in crisis. Hello and welcome to a podcast from the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. You can learn about us on our website at nonatus.org. My name is Ann DeSantis and I am the director and I'm so pleased to be with your, you here on this evening because I have a fabulous guest. I have Lisa Maladnik. She is a certified Gallup Strengths Coach helping Catholics live their best lives by developing their natural talents. A podcast host and best-selling author, Lisa also teaches for Homeschool Connections Com. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us with the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation podcast. Oh, it's an honor to be here with you and, and uh, my warmest greetings to your listeners. Oh, thank you. And, you know, the topic for this evening is talking about how a certified strength coach like yourself can help families who are in crisis, because that's what we do. Many of our clients are those who are affected by divorce and separation, but then we also help people who are in families or in marriages that uh, are trying to work things out, trying to make things better and, and move forward so that they can be an intact family. And so that's what this uh, podcast is all about. And we do have so much to talk about. And I wondered if we could start out with Lisa. First, just tell us about yourself and your ministry. We'd love to hear. Oh, thank you. Um, well, as a, I'm certified by the Gallup Corporation, which is the famous company that does all the polls. But they also own the Clifton Strengths Finder, the, or the originator of that assessment. It's a personality slash talent uh, assessment which is based on over 60 years of research, the owner of that, Don Clifton, uh, bought the Gallup company years ago. And so that's why Gallup owns this assessment. And as a Catholic, uh, a catechist and a mom and a coach, I just wanted to find the best ways, the best tools for helping draw the best out of my clients. Coaching is really different from things like therapy or mentoring. Um, therapy is super important, been through plenty of it myself. A uh, great way to look to the past in order to heal and be fully present and whole in, in the in the present, right? You want, you have to look to the past, whereas coaching is about looking to the future. Lo coaching is about moving forward. And so in order to move forward, it really helps to understand how God has wonderfully made us. And when we've been in crisis situations over a period of time, we can lose faith in God's design and purpose for our lives. We can have less hope for ourselves. Oftentimes in crisis or difficult relationships, our sense of well-being just gradually declines, and we may not even think our own lives 
are very important or, or clearly purposed by God. And to understand how we're wonderfully made, how God has embedded and woven into us these beautiful talents, and, and I'll define that for you in a moment, helps us to start to see his plan for us. We start to see how it's shown up in our life and how we can stand in those talents in a more purposeful way. And I'll get into more detail on this in a little bit, but misunderstanding our talent can cause us to carry around false shame and weird like uh, labels and people misunderstanding how we are wired can cause us a lot of self-doubt and confusion. So to define what talent is, it's a way that God has given us to think and feel and behave. They're natural tendencies that can be applied productively, and they have huge potential. A, a natural talent, which according to Romans 11.29, we are, uh, what do you call it, irrevocably gifted and called. And so once God gives you something, whether it's neglected, ignored, gathering dust on the shelf or not, it's always there. And a talent has enormous potential, rapid potential for growth. So understanding how we're talented give us, gives us a whole new way of being. A strength, on the other hand, so the talent is where all that natural quality and potential is. The strength is a well-developed, well-managed talent that allows us to operate at a high level of excellence consistently showing up authentically not like anybody else really authentically at our best in every area of our lives it's really something and it's transformational for my clients and for many others who have experienced this kind of a deep dive into how they they are woven together by god yeah it's incredible and i'm um, i'm very blessed because i was able to take the Clifton Strength Finder test, as you know, Lisa, and you and I had a conversation recently where what happened was I got a list of my top 34. Now they're there, your top 34 strengths. And it's very interesting because for each person, it's different because it's, there's 34 different, I won't call them talents, right? They're, they're strengths. And so Lisa was able to talk to me about my, my strengths, and I was able to reflect on how those strengths have affected my life and how I see myself through these strengths. And that's what she can do for you. And I know that you can help people who are, say, that person in crisis that's listening to our St. Raymond Onanis Foundation podcast. And one of our questions here is how complicated is it to get two radically different people to get along? Because that's part of why we're here is to also talk about that. Mm, yeah. Um, I have some super simple ideas that I believe from my own experience and through the experiences of others that, that I've been privy to that are super simple. That doesn't mean they're easy. They can be really, really hard. But they're simple ideas that can get us out of enemy territory, meaning the, the territory where we get spiritually beat up and stuck and lose hope. And so I have three areas, and I'm, I can go into them in a lot more detail. One is to look for the best in each other. And that is a huge ouch. Some of you listening who are in a lot of pain, who have a lot of history with your spouse, may be going, oh my goodness, but you don't know my spouse. Well, I don't have to know your spouse. If you're getting help with things like addiction and abuse and infidelity, that's where we need professional help. That's the really complicated stuff. But in the ordinary day-to-day, -day, God can work 
miracles of grace with patience and with incredible courage. And we have to ask for the grace to have this courage, to believe that really standing in the love of Christ, to look for the best in each other. And I'll give you some touchstones for ways that we can kind of understand that a little better. If we can take that leap of faith and every time we fail and forget and have a bad day and lose it and don't operate according to our best standards, we have to give ourselves grace. Go to confession, start over and over and over and over. And I promise you with all my heart, it will make a difference. It will help God's will to be more clear for you. You will find the best in yourself. When we look for the best in others, we find the best in, in ourselves. I love Philippians 4.8 where St. Paul says, and this is hard for us because we're surrounded by a lot of pretty bad news, right? And because there's a lot of kind of pornographic images being thrown at us everywhere we look. But St. Paul said in Philippians 4, verse 8, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, hear that word any, and if there is anything worthy of praise, do you hear how small it might be? Think about these things. And that is the way we are asked to approach our relationship. St. Therese of Lisieux really helped me with this. She said that it becomes a pleasure to look for the best in others because the best parts are the truest parts because those best parts of the other person are of God. And as we look for God in others more and more, we image God ourselves. If you ever noticed Mother Teresa's beautiful eyes, Jesus was looking through those eyes at others for many years. And so her eyes were beautified, but she was also looking for Jesus in others. And she found him and called that beauty out in others simply by looking for it. So we find the best in ourselves and our most authentic selves. We start to image God. We're made in his image. And Therese said it becomes a great pleasure to look for the good in others because we're looking for the face of God. And that just helps us to celebrate the good. So if you've got somebody that you've been living with and you can't even begin to, to hold a positive thought about that person, ask for the grace to do it, or the courage to do it, and to look for any excellence, anything worthy of praise. Your thoughts matter. Your thoughts are picked up on by the people around you. They may not know what you're thinking, but they feel it. Focus on the good. It, it results in what I like to call a gradual transfiguration. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it starts with mm -hmm. you, but it empowers the other person to step into that better self, and it takes time. Uh, St. Paul also says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, all of us, gazing with unveiled face on the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory as from the Lord who is the Spirit. Do you hear that? process, being transformed from glory to glory, everything that we're looking for that is of God. And we have to believe that if your spouse has lost their faith or has a different faith or has radically different views from yours about politics or economics or child rearing or whatever it is, in a moment of grace, when God creates a bridge for that person to cross and come closer to him, who's that bridge? the person who looks for the best in them 
even when it's so hard, just keeps persevering? Or the person who carried around the critical judgmental thoughts all day and you did this to me and you did, and if God were just, he would do this to you. Believe I've been there. I can talk about this and laugh about it because I've been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. And thanks for the honesty because I think we all need to come together and realize, first of all, we're all human. Sin does exist, whether mortal, venial, or just uh, occasions of being tempted, right? Being tempted to say things and, and do things that are uh, not of God and that hurt our relationships, right? Mm. And so the honesty there that you just talked about, I think is very important. Uh, and I think that your advice also, not only does it help husbands and wives and kids, but doesn't it also help us with our extended family and our neighbors and the people that we work with? Because there are also people who might have different views than us and that we feel critically about too. Can you talk about that? Have you seen that transform people, not only inside their homes, but the way that they react, even in church settings, right? I mean, even in, in some meetings that people have to go to within their churches, we get a lot of religious and people who work uh, in church ministry who listen to this podcast as well and those relationships that they have with their uh, brothers and sisters in Christ can also be challenging. Oh, 100% and and our mortal enemy loves to get in there and break up parish communities and break up important ministries by having people I like to call it the spirit of offense. People get offended and then they get offended some more and they get offended some more to the point where their whole attitude towards another person becomes taking offense and every little thing offends them. This is a spirit. We need to renounce it. We need to ask God to rebuke it and cast it out and fill us with his blessing in its place and help us to start over. Keep going to confession. When you find yourself taking a judgmental attitude towards another person, we have got to ask for help. I was speaking about authentic beauty at a parish uh, in a nearby state. I'll just say, I don't want to identify too much. And a lady came to me after I was speaking about being beauty and being that bridge to others. And oh my gosh, was her face contorted in rage. And she was talking about how young people don't dress right in church and no one teaches them and they're irreverent in this. And she was so angry. And I took her by both her hands and I said, we have to be the bridge. We have to look for the best in them. We have to love them, commit to loving them, not judging them. And at that moment, by God's grace, when they start to ask questions or look for somebody who's the face of the church to them, who are they going to be drawn to, right? The person who was full of judgmental thoughts and maybe a tight little smile, or that person who was thinking loving, welcoming, thank you, you know, thanks be to God, you're in church. You may be wearing yes. something that is completely inappropriate for mass, but by golly, you are here, praise God. If you're thinking that thought, that person is going to be naturally drawn to you. And as said, she fought me at first, and then suddenly the light bulb went on in her head. And I have to tell you, using the word transfiguration started with my encounter with this woman. Her whole face changed. And I noticed for the first time, all I saw, honestly, was ugly. Her face was so ugly. And suddenly it was beautiful. And I don't mean that light was shining from it. She was an ordinary human face. But the anger and the hatefulness and the bitterness and 
And believe me, this was all motivated by her love for God and for the church. She had tripped into enemy territory with the best of intentions. But when she laid it down because she suddenly got it, that the call to love took hold of her imagination, she was completely transformed before my eyes. I suddenly noticed how beautiful her eyes were. Her face completely changed. And I said, you just wouldn't believe the way you look right now. And if people see that face, you're an evangelist. With that face, you are drawing others to the Lord. Oh, that's, I love how you describe that. And I feel like I was watching this conversation the way that you gave that description. <laughs> it's got to be on your strength finder. I don't know what that, what that strength is. What is it? I mean, some kind of prescriptiveness or something. Well, but, some of that yeah. is just, um, I remember once listening to a really good priest give a homily and I always walked away with something. You know, sometimes you listen to perfectly good homilies and you walk away and then can't remember a thing that was said. But with his, I always remembered. And I said, what are you doing and he said, I'm using word pictures. In other words, instead of just saying, uh, the disciples were scared because there was a storm and they woke Jesus up, he would start the story with, you know, it was a dark and stormy night. I mean, he would paint the picture so that you had to step into that story with him. And, and he said he learned that from listening to the recordings of Fulton Sheen. Um, yeah, so when we communicate with others, we can tell our stories in a way that's a little visual. It really does help. Um, but that's interesting to think about in terms of talent awareness. I do have communication high, not in my ten, top 10, but there are other talent themes that help me uh, to communicate. But I'd like to speak for a moment about talent awareness and how it can help Please us. Do. Yeah. First of all, if you understand somebody else's talent themes, and that's what the 34 are called. They're called themes because in the research that was done by Clifton and his team over the years, they found thousands of talents. But they noticed over time that they tended to be grouped together in individuals, like a, a whole bunch of talents would tend to be under the communication theme or the what's called the activator theme, which is something that I have high. I like to get going. I like to move fast. Um, you know, there are certain things about me that, encompass a theme of talents, kind of a grouping. When I understand my own talents, I can stand in them, I can become more an excellent, I can manage my talents so that they land well with others. Like if I have communication very high, I might like to talk so much that no one ever gets a chance to talk. Even though I'm super great at it, doesn't mean I should nonstop talk, right? I don't want to be the person they're afraid to be stuck in the elevator with. So natural, mature talent, and this is one thing I love about Gallup, about the Clifton Strengths Finder, is mature talent is described as other-oriented. It's not a selfish or egotistical thing at all. It is self-aware, well-managed, highly developed. It is all, of, and, and Gallup actually says that we find wisdom in that grounding and the talents that are natural to us. And then when we, this is why it's so popular in corporations and colleges and places where you tend to have work teams. Once the group has done the talent assessment and they understand how each other operate, they, a lot, the misunderstandings start to melt away. They start to get each other's communication styles, each other's needs, the things that the people that energize each other, where they like to contribute and where they want to be asked to, to help. And, and so everyone gets a chance to shine. They start to leverage each other's talents. I'm not very focused or organized. So when I work with someone who is focused and organized, that helps me to shine. And I help them to shine because I have other gifts. But here's a neat thing in terms of marriage and family life. If you know 
that your spouse, let's say my spouse has something called context. That means he loves history. And he draws a lot of wisdom and understanding of life from the past. That is how he is made by God. And so if I ask him to tell me about something from the past, um, you know, I remember one day we were on our way to the beach and there wasn't much to talk about. I was thinking, Lord, you know, I really want to connect with him. And then I thought, oh, history. And so I just said, what was your favorite memory of the beach? And he lit up, like completely lit up and started telling me stories. And it was just beautiful so that I can speak into his talent theme. And when I do that, he feels seen and heard. And we can do that for each other. Um, and let's see, we can also anticipate con conflicts. I have activator, so I like to move fast. I'm very decisive when I make decisions, but I don't always make good decisions. And I can get in too deep. I can make too many decisions. And so my husband is more deliberative. He takes more time. He evaluates all the options and the data before he decides. And so we could naturally conflict and did in the past where he, I want to get moving and he wants to take more time. Not yet, not yet. But if I know that I can draw on his deliberative nature to make better decisions, now I'm appreciate, appreciating and honoring that in him. And I'm allowing him to bless my life. And I can also help him to get going. So when we're aware of kind of the, our typical blind spots, we can manage those, you know, a typical, maybe my tendency to get in too deep and overextend myself, or his to maybe get a little stuck and not be moving forward enough and maybe help to encourage him, but, but always speaking into the strength, not into a critical awareness of the other person. It's groundbreaking. There's a great book called Strengths Based Marriage that I highly recommend. By the time this airs, I will have done my first six-week challenge with the book, but I will do others. And there's, um, I gave you in the show links uh, a way to contact me you can uh, the eventbrite link that I gave you is going to be expired by this point when we when we hear this but I will do other challenges using the book going through the chapters together with spouses or people who are engaged or people who want to be married and want to learn these techniques for calling out the best in each other healing the division the misunderstanding the sense that we've made a mistake and we're with the wrong person when in fact the potential for us to be together in beautiful and holy and encouraging ways is enormous. Yeah, thank you so much. This is such a wonderful resource for the friends of the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation. As I said, we do help families in crisis and you know those affected by divorce and separation. And there's a, a scale there too. There's people who are in marriages that they, they really do want to, they have the desire to try and work things out. And we do always pray for that. Uh, and then we have people who are already divorced. They've been divorced for years, but they still would love to find out how they can grow in their faith and, and stay close to the Lord and hear podcasts like this, that they can use something like the strength, the strength coaching to develop themselves in, in even greater ways. So thank you. A question that came into my head as you were talking to is how much does uh, your, our family upbringing in other words, nature versus nurture, I guess, is where I'm going with this. How much does that affect our strengths and our talents? Well, it can cause us to squelch them. We can, like if I was in a family, and this is true of a lot of religious families, where I had a lot of kind of acting performance, creative abilities, 
but creative types were looked at askance, you know, like Hollywood people tended to have scandalous lives and so did artists and authors and people like that. And that's, that's where most of my talents are. And so I had a lot of hesitation about moving into the space of my own talents because of the fact that so many of those people so publicly flouted our morals, you know, and so that was a, a cultural thing. And I notice when I'm working with ministry leaders, some of the young women that I work with grew up in families, depending on their family culture, where, where it really, they grew up uh, kind of formed as pleasers, where they weren't allowed to have kind of their own point of view. Um, and so they have a hard time standing in their strengths, their natural leadership, and, but once they identify and realize, hey, it was God's will, he placed this in me, and I can learn to start using it in a way that lands well with people, I can start connecting with them and drawing out the best in them, I can become a leader in my own way, in the way God has made me to be. So sometimes there's things like that. There's also just wounds, you know. Um, I, I have a ministry leader I love to talk about, and, and, and he's starting to talk about it publicly too, that thought he had OCD because he has a talent very high called consistency. He's a list maker. He outlines everything. He has written agendas and plans and schedules and best practices. And everyone on his team knows exactly what's expected of them because it's in writing. And he honestly thought there was something wrong with him. But at the point where the light bulb went on, he realized he was made for the work that he's been given by God to do that he has a passion for. There's nothing wrong with him. He's talented. He's really talented. And, and after our second session, just with the, the strengths finder, I said, so what are you taking away? And he said, I'm confident for the first time. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I can't say enough good about the work that you're doing and, and that you've helped me so much personally. When I, I took the strength finder, when I talked to you about my top five, and I know we're still in the middle of that, uh, there's so much to learn. Uh, I wondered for people who are, you know, families, mom, dad, and the kids, and they're thinking, wow, this would be great for us. So how would that work for them to be working with you as a team, especially we have some people who listen that are homeschooling families as well. Mm, yeah, no, I have started working with homeschooling families. What I like to do is um, there is a there is a talent awareness assessment for younger children ages 10 through 14. It's called the um, Strengths Explorer. So that's available at the Gallup website as well. But all the teens and the adults in the family can take a talent assessment. And even if they just do their top five, and that's normally 1995 for that, if people contact me, and please do, I'm happy to share my my coaching discount, I can save you $10 per assessment. And if you do the full 34, where you get all of the talent themes ranked from top to bottom, and it really helps to see what's at the bottom too. See, see where you need help from others and where you tend to be weak. Um, once you do that, and that one's normally $49.95, so I can get you $10 off that. If you've taken it in the past and you have the top five and you want to upgrade, I can save you $10 off that. That's not selling you anything. I don't make anything on doing that. But if you reach out to me, I'd be happy to save you the money. But the point is that you have everybody take it. Then you do individual coaching with them so that they themselves are grounded in, oh, this is how it shows up for me. And then you bring the married couple together 
And we do something called the power of two, where they get to look and discuss each other's top five, how maybe their talents might be a problem for each other, you know, one being an activator and one being deliberative, or maybe they both have a similar talent theme, but it shows up really different in them and having fun exploring that together. So you look at what are the possible pitfalls, but also how can they be a blessing and complement each other? And then we go deeper after that in subsequent sessions on how to call out the best in each other, how to speak into each other's talent themes. In other words, someone with high empathy loves to be asked, how do you feel about that? And loves to have feeling conversations. Mm -hmm. The person with high intellection or strategic themes like me likes to be asked, what do you think about that? They may get to the same place informationally, but they're going to come at it through a different pathway and feel more seen and more heard because their talent has been spoken into. You can even write Valentines with talent awareness. I mean, that's, the Strengths-Based Marriage book is full of really cool stuff uh, uh, that can be done. But you asked about family too. Work teams, the managers, and you think of the parents as the managers, when the, when the manager becomes aware of how the other person likes to be recognized, like one person might like a Starbucks gift card when they meet their sales goals, right? In a corporate setting. And the other person wants to be recognized at the corporate meeting. They want people to hear and see them. Other, someone else is shy and would rather just have an email to the group or whatever it is. When the manager starts to know those things, and knows that they get the best of this one person if they make an appointment in advance and give them a chance to think through the agenda beforehand. The other person loves the spontaneity of him just stopping or her just stopping by the office, right? We can find out those things about our kids too. And there's a great book too from Gallup Strengths Based Parenting written by the daughter of Don Clifton. And I believe she's a family therapist. But um, there's lots of ways to call out the best in our kids. There's a great article on the Gallup site about a mother and father who had a special needs child. And of course, when she was evaluated, they put all kinds of labels on her. And they decided to never tell her those labels and just to look for her talents and her strengths. And she's doing incredibly well. Like the, all the limitations that would have been placed on her had they gone the route of telling her she was broken and, tell, you know, the, it just had a completely different outcome. So there's a lot of different ways to kind of slice and dice how to use this information, how to call out the best in each other. Yeah, and that's really what it's all about is calling out the best in each other. And you do it because you're a Catholic woman and you're devoted to your faith with the, the eyes of, of faith. And uh, I know that you work with a lot of Catholic people. Do you work outside the Catholic realm as well? Do you have clients that are uh, other denominations or even non-faiths? I haven't worked with anyone with no faith, but I do have some or have had at times some evangelical Christians. And I love working with them too because they love the word of God very deeply. They love our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we can talk about how wonderfully made we are. We can delve into... Uh, reveal more and more kind of seeing the vision that God has for their lives based on their own explorations, places where they're stuck, goals that they want to, you know, uh, get to, problems they want to overcome, just as any person of faith can. I suspect that anybody who loves the Word of God, who has, um, who wouldn't be anti-Catholic, in other words, opposed to me and my way of being as a coach, I like to pray at the start of the session, um, yeah, so I tend to work with people of faith, but I'm, I'm not opposed to someone who's not of faith as long as they're not opposed to me. Right. I guess I'm mentioning that because this podcast is for families in crisis. And 
one crisis for some families is that they have family members that are not people of faith. So I just wanted to bring that up too, mm. uh, whether that would be something that a, a person, a spouse, a friend, a family member, whoever it is that they could invite them to take the strength finders test and also have an appointment with you. Oh yeah, uh, 100%. In fact, I know a family that has an atheist member of the family. They did it together. And after this member of the family did her talent themes, um, I'll, just, I'll just say the basic relationship, one of the daughters and the mother said to me later that this child who had really been struggling with anxiety and depression came to life. Suddenly, like could see that, that she could have an impact in the world, that she really did have talents that were unique and that the way she was woven together, the way the talents influenced each other and showed up in her life, that those things were real. And, and she suddenly had a, a, a much more positive vision for herself. And it has changed her trajectory. It's really remarkable. Mm, love to hear. So I wondered if you could take me through, okay? So someone is listening and they're thinking, wow, I love what I'm hearing. I would like to take the strength finder. Now I know there's two separate ones. You can take the strength finder test that's just for your top five, mm -hmm. or you can take another one that is for, you'll get 34 characteristics. That's the one that I did. It was very interesting. Yeah, it's the same test, but you pay for the smaller report or the bigger report. So once you've taken the test, you don't have to take it again. If you take the top five and you decide later to pay for the upgrade and see the whole report, you absolutely can do that. Good, good, good. So that's step one. So what? Tell, take us through the few steps of what would you be doing with them first, second, third. So they take it first, they have their first appointment with you, and then what happens after that? Okay, what I've noticed is that people who take the test and get back this incredible report, and it is an incredible report, because your, let's say, I, I'm just going to throw out words that won't mean much to you right now. My top five are input, connectedness, activator, intellection, and learner. But if, I, if someone else has that same top five, their report's going to look really different from mine. The, the way those things show up in me, that's how nuanced the assessment is. We're going to get back two really different reports. A fun statistic also is that to have the same top five in the same order is a 1 in 33.4 million chance. That's how wonderfully made we are and how uniquely made we are. That just the top five, you add the top six, you add that next one, and the number goes off the charts. So you are really uniquely made. Your talents all interact with each other in a unique way. So you're going to get this report back. And a lot of people have said to me when they come into coaching, yeah, I took that a while ago. I, you know, I didn't get that much out of it. Can we do something else? And I'll say, well, let, tell me what you did with the report. And most of the time, they just read it and put it aside. It takes layers of work to pull out all the potential and to start to use it and develop the talents. And, and it's like a laboratory. You, you figure this thing out and you see it and it becomes clear and you get excited. And so you try something using your talents and you learn a little something. And then you take that learning and you try something else and you keep building on it and it creates momentum and growth. So people might intensively coach around this for a few months and then come back once a month or once a quarter just for a check-in to say, here's what I'm learning. Here's the change, or here are some road bumps that I've hit. Well, you know, let's, let's open up some space to learn a little bit more about this part of my personality. So um, that's why people tend to be in coaching longer term with StrengthsFinder once they see the potential. But if people just want to do, you know, a few sessions just to unpack it and get some basic information, they can post their top five 
pray about it every day. Say, Lord, how can I bless someone today with my connectedness or my input or my ideation or whatever it is? Show me, Lord, and help me to, to also add to my awareness skill development, learning, practice, all of those things, because our talents are like nuclear acorns. You put a little sunshine and water on your talents and they become oak trees very rapidly. It's really remarkable. And so what I'm going to start doing next year, I'm actually in the process of creating a little course and it's going to be, and the first people who enroll in it, so get in touch with me, we'll go through it free because it's going to be me using them a little bit to, to pull out the best ways of teaching. I want it to be available to people who can't afford coaching or don't have the time for coaching so they can go through the steps within their own families and they'll get a lot, they'll be able to go a long way, but they need a little guidance in how to make that process happen. And of course, they'll have to be committed to the process. It's hard work to transform your life, but having the right tools can get, make it very exciting. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, I can't say enough good, really. And you've helped me so much. And I thought I would just read my top five because these were words that I had never really thought about. And I was surprised that my top five were maximizer, responsibility, discipline, achiever, and self-assurance. And of course, then there's 34 altogether, and I won't go through that whole list. But it was interesting for me because, like I said, I mean, I, I didn't know what these words meant, but when you talk to me, you're able to tell me what does maximizer mean, which was my first one. And, uh, and you were able to tell me and show me and talk to me about how I can use that to help others. Cause you know, that's what it's all about. It's not about ourselves as much as it is, is how can we use my other top three, which would be responsibility and discipline. How can I use those two things in my life to help other people? Yeah. Amen. And, and what's, what's really beautiful about your attitude Anne, is that God is so pleased. And because we're people of faith, grace is at work here. God has to be just rubbing his hands together and saying, Yahoo, <laughs> she's seeing it. She's seeing what I've given her to be excellent, to be that bright light on a lampstand, not to be a wallflower, not to have false shame, because you're the person who wants to take the good and make it better. You're really driven. And when you do those things, you are energized. You, and you're, because you have achiever high too, you're a high energy person anyway. You're, you're a person who gets a lot accomplished in a day and you get big dopamine hits to your brain when you check things off a checklist. Yes. <laughs> and your self-assurance allows you to trust the decisions you make and not be held back with second guessing yourself. I don't mean that it'll never happen to you, but the more you stand in that self-assurance too, the calmer your decision making will be. And so uh, when you start to see how they work together, you start to see more how you can serve, how you can be energized. And the other neat thing is one of the reports I generate for my clients, and I will do this for people who take the courses with me too, the challenges or courses, anything that I do, is I generate a brings and needs report. And it shows in one column next to, you know, next, each row is one of your talents or your top 10 or your top five shows what you typically bring to the table, what you contribute, what you bring, right? And then the next column over is the needs. And when you are aware of what you need, how God is woven into you, not only to depend on him, but to depend on others, and what you need in order to feel refreshed and not burned out, what you need in order to feel engaged, energized, 
purposeful, fulfilled. Those things can really help you to have a really well-balanced, happy, energized life. I mean, the statistics on this are phenomenal. In the workspace, people who are talent aware are six times more likely not, not only to be engaged at, jo- at work, and that's a little bit of a buzzword. It means taking ownership, showing up happy to start work, having to be almost reminded, go home at the end of the day, right? Because they're so enthused and they're so, and they're really taking ownership. But it also, um, this, the other thing that they realize is that they get to do what they do best every day of their lives. They start to know that and feel that. And they're three times more likely to have an excellent quality of life. That means their personal life. That means their spiritual life. Gallup is very holistic about this. It includes the spiritual person in many respects. And so people who they've studied, the really high-performing individuals that they've studied, are not just people who make a lot of money or are famous. It's not like that. It's the people who are high-performing consistently, but who are very aware of their own talents and limitations. So they operate where they are brilliant and let others do what they are great at. So there's that wonderful working together. But there's also an awareness, just a deep awareness of other strong relationships, uh, well-managed talents so that they're very other-oriented, very mature. So high-impact people really resemble the Christian ideal in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's good to hear because, you know, we are Catholic here, right, on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> and we get yeah. people we get people of other faiths and even non-faiths too, and we invite you to be with us and so thrilled that we can have this community here. But we certainly do get a lot of Catholics because we are uh, the St. Raymond Anatas Foundation and, and so happy to be able to share this wonderful information with you. Now, you and I were communicating and you told me about the three secrets all relate to talent awareness. And those three things are looking for the best in your spouse. Uh, Two, little things matter. Let God be big. And three, focus on the victory to come. I wondered if you could talk a little bit about those three elements. Mm, Yeah, we've talked a lot about looking for the best in each other. The piece about little things mean a lot is we get overwhelmed. We so desperately want the people we love to come back to the church. We so desperately want someone we love who is, you know, struggling with an addiction or whatever it is to be healed and set free. And those things are too big for us. They exhaust us and they harm our trust in God if we overfocus on them. It's not that you don't focus on them at all. You bring them to prayer, you lift them up. And it's almost impossible for us to truly let go, right? Because we love those people. It's a matter of life and death to us that they thrive, that they be with us forever in heaven. And so learning to be little and let God be big is a lifelong process. Um, because our children leave the church doesn't mean we did everything wrong or that our spouse who didn't never went to mass with us, even though he promised, right? Uh, never went to mass with us, maybe because he's of another faith, um, that his, it's his fault. We want to steer away from ener- enemy territory because when we start to blame somebody, it takes us into that place where the devil does his best work, pits us against each other and makes us blind to the good. And it also r- kind of pushes God out of the equation. If I say, if I say um, it's all my husband's fault that my daughter left the church, then there you go. It's in a nice, neat, little, smug, proud package no part of me or my sins is there. 
No part of the grace of God and the possible glorious return of that child to the church is possible because it's a done deal, right? And we've been wronged and we get to be all proud and smug. And, and even if we're trying really consistently to be humble and good and to forgive, there still can be a part of us that's going to hold a grudge. And that's just being human. If you've got grudges, you're a human being. Welcome to the club. But what, we, but what we really need to do, here's something that I tried, and, and ho hopefully this will help somebody out there, is Pope John Paul II called the Rosary the School of Mary. And so I spiritually enrolled, just through a prayer, my daughter, who had left the church, uh, still not in the church, but there's been progress. Um, she had left the church. I enrolled her in the School of Mary. And every day I would just say, okay, Mary, what are you teaching her today? And then I was seeing such graces, wonderful things would come out of my daughter's mouth and I would see amazing things happening. I'd be like, man, this school is awesome. So then I enrolled the whole family and then the whole extended family. And then I did the consecration to St. Joseph. And I said, well, this is actually the school of Mary and St. Joseph that raised Jesus together. So we were enrolled there. And then I realized, well, Jesus was there every minute of that, right? So it's the school of the Holy Family now at my house. Um, and my family knows about this just because they know I talk about it. But I can say in moments where my trust is lagging in some way or flagging or I'm feeling doubt or I'm feeling like I'm just failing as a mother or a wife or a friend or a sister or whatever it is, and I start to the enemy start to move in and cause discouragement, I can say, all right, Holy Family, show us, show me what we are learning today and it never, never fails. So let's not make anyone the enemy. Let's trust that resentments are of no good to us whatsoever. They undermine us. It's like carrying disease around in your belly on purpose. We don't want to do that to ourselves. Because as uh, St. Paul, I'm quoting him a lot today, I know in Ephesians 6 says, for our struggle is not with flesh and blood. It may feel like it every day of the week, but with the principalities, with the powers, with the world rulers of this present darkness, with the evil spirits in the heavens. And so that last piece of little things mean a lot and the keeping our eyes on the victory to come, we need to stay simple, treat, trusting God, keep giving it to God, and focus on the victory to come. You know, there's Dr. Gregory Popchak, who has a radio show with his wife, Lisa. He's wonderful. He's written a lot of books. He wrote a wonderful book called For, For Better Forever, A Catholic Guide to Lifelong Marriage. And in chapter 10, he talks about mixed marriages. But this could apply to any marriage. He tells you to make a list of all the things you wish your spouse would do for you. It could be anything from back rubs to taking the kids to church or whatever. It might be anything. Okay. And then every day, look at that list and do that thing for your spouse, right? What you want, do. What is meaningful to you, do. And if you do that in a, with a talent awareness and you know how to frame what you do for the other person so that they feel seen and heard, guess what? You're operating from a place of strength. When I was in a really dark place years ago, when my daughter was little, she was at school, my husband was at work, I was all alone in our house, and I was crying, and I was despondent, and I said, Lord, and this was a largely a misunderstanding. We just weren't understanding each other, but I cried out in a sincere way, even misunderstanding the situation. I said, Lord, am I going to get to the end of my life? Am I going to die not, know, not ever knowing what it is to be truly loved? That was a deep cry from the heart. And almost immediately, it was as if God placed his hand on me and I had a moment of just such warmth and a sense of his presence. And these words came into my heart powerfully. They were not my own, believe me. I felt that I heard God say to me in my heart, wouldn't it be far worse 
if he were married to a Catholic woman and he never knew what it was to be truly loved. Mm. Wow. Oh my goodness. God bless. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing because you understand, you understand a lot of people who are listening right now, who are those families that are going through challenge and difficulty and maybe even contemplating separation or divorce because that's part of what we do here so i just thank you so much for sharing your heart because we can't find healing unless we find god first right and recognize him in our daily lives and you know that's what what you do lisa that's what the, it's all about you're helping us to see god within ourselves and also to see god within others and within our families so i'm, I'm so grateful to you to being a part of this uh, beautiful podcast on this evening Oh, I'm so thankful to you, Anne. Thank you for providing the space and the warmth and the, that prayerful dedication that you have for your ministry to offer these conversations to others and to invite people like me into them. I'm so, I feel so blessed by this time together. Oh, I do too. I do too. And you're going to have to come back for another episode of the Families in Crisis podcast. Uh, we still have a little bit of time left. I wondered if you had any advice. There's somebody listening tonight, I'm sure that is just, uh, they're in a very, a very bad place. And you just brought us in your own heart of a time that you were in crisis. So how did God work in your life after that time to bring you to where you are now? And what kind of hope would you be able to offer somebody listening that is in that place that you were years back? Mm, thank you. What a great question. I would say, first of all, the scripture is coming to me like a neon sign right now. Lean not on your own understanding. There have been turning points in my married life where what God seemed to be asking me to do went against all my worldly wisdom. And I had to just give my yes through grace. It was not because I was suddenly heroic, but through grace. Once when I was feeling very, very hurt, I remember just crying out to God, just wanted the pain to stop. And I felt God say again in my heart, just the, just the thought came to me and it was definitely not mine, offer this pain for him. No strings attached, not to hear, Lord, here's my suffering, fix him, but just offer it for him. And please understand that a lot of my own immaturity and woundedness interpreted things in a way that would not have been flattering to my husband had you asked me about the situation at the time, but a lot of it was my own need for growth as well. I'm not saying I didn't have legitimate gripes, we all do. But it was lean not on your own understanding because God's ways are not ours. And as soon as I offered that willingly and wholeheartedly by grace, I stopped being a victim. Mm. I started feeling empowered. God flipped something in me that made me a warrior in some sense, in a holy and loving way. And then later that, that moment of God saying, wouldn't it be worse if he went through his life never knowing what does it be to live? That again flipped the victimhood on its head and empowered me. Then I was on a mission. And believe me, I still had bad days. It's not like we never fought again or anything like that. But I was then on a mission and it rang like a bell in my soul that I was called to something beautiful and noble and eternal and that I, as his wife, was called to give that to him. That is absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much. And you know, that's helping someone. I know it is because our, our relationship as, as married people, our relationship with our spouse is really most important, isn't it? Other than our relationship with God our families, friends, uh, that relationship with the spouse 
is your other self. So trying to find healing there is so important. Mm. And do get the Strengths-Based Marriage book because they start right off talking about marriages that were in complete ruin before they started to do this work and understand each other better. Uh, ready for divorce, like really in bad shape. So um, please do get the book. I don't get anything for recommending it. You can get it secondhand. You can get it probably on Kindle. Um, but do take a look. Do take a look. And I also want to invite people to please do connect with you. Now I'm going to mention some of your uh, websites and different places that they can connect. But if I'm missing anything, please do let me know because I want to make sure that I cover uh, everything for you, uh, Lisa, because you've done such a wonderful service for us doing this podcast and talking to us about what you do. So start, uh, start us out with, and I'm trying to find that email. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Admittedly. I can just tell you what they are. <laughs> yes, please do. Please do. I think the one is the raphaelremedy.com uh, forward slash Lisa hyphen Maladnik. Yeah. And if you put that in the show notes, it'll be uh, very easy for people. If you go to the Raphael Remedy, it's a Catholic website with coaching, counseling, and wellness support. And it's very faithfully Catholic. But everyone who has anything to do with this practice has been thoroughly vetted. You know, some of us have been on EWTN and things like that. And believe me, that's like getting into the Vatican. You have to be thoroughly vetted. So the Raphael Remedy, you'll find me there as the head of coaching um, I'm there, there's also a new website coming out affiliated with them. I'll tell you about that another time, or I'll tell you about it at that site. You can find me on Facebook and Parlor and Twitter. It's just Lisa Maladnik, and uh, the spelling is a bear, I know, but uh, that's probably your best bet. Or you can reach me at Lisa at wonderfullymade139.com. Wonderfullymade139 is my business email now because that's the psalm. Lord, uh, I am wonderfully made. Wonderful are all your works. That's Psalm 139, verse 14. So Lisa at wonderfullymade139.com. I'd, I'd love to talk with you and help you in any way I can. Awesome. Thank you so much. And also a reminder that Lisa mentioned the free strengths based marriage challenge starting on January 6th. Now this podcast is airing in February, but I'm sure it's still available at eventbrite.com, correct? And, uh, and write to me too, because by the time this airs, we'll probably be wrapping that one up, but I will do the challenge again. So reach mm, out to me okay. if you want to be kept informed. I'm sure I'll do it again. I'm, I'm really on a mission with Catholic marriages. Um, they're under a severe attack right now, and we really need to be equipped. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Lisa, please do come back. And thank you from the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation and from me, your friend. I'm so blessed. Oh my gosh. Same here, Anne. Thank you. God bless you. And thanks to everybody who listened in. I am praying for you. Thank you. So for everyone listening, please do stay in touch with us at knownotis.org, our website. We would love to hear from you. My email address is director.srnf, as in Frank, at gmail.com. Send me an email, give me your prayer intentions, and please do stay in touch with us. We will see you all next month. God bless. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, visit nonatus.org or email director.srnf at gmail.com. Did you enjoy this podcast? Listen to other podcasts from Patchwork Heart Ministry by following Patchwork Heart Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.